Welcome, abundant babe. I have been waiting for you, and I get the feeling I know you pretty well already. Because like me, you are the visionary, the eternal optimist, the one who embraces all aspects of her intuitive divine feminine while being grounded with ambitious and driven energy. You've got big dreams and you're ready to make it all happen. Well, let me tell you, soul sister, you've come to the right place. The Abundant Babe podcast is designed for goddesses just like you. We will talk about purposeful business, personal growth, mindset, money, manifestation, success, goals, all with a splash of woo and always a tad of silliness. I know you've got it in you and now is the time, beautiful. Trust in yourself and take action on what myself and other abundant babes share in this sacred space. And believe me, babe, your life will continue to change and expand. I'm your host, Viola Hug, multi-passionate entrepreneur, vision alignment coach, and holistic nutritionist. It is so great to have you here. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back. It is your host, Viola Hug, an alignment coach for visionaries and a holistic nutritionist. Today you have just me, little old me, on the podcast, but I thought it was perfect time to actually do a little bit more of an intro episode because we're now on episode 10 of the Abundant Babes podcast. How flippin' exciting is that? And I haven't really done much of an introduction. Some of you listening may already know who I am, but I still am going to tell my story in probably a little bit of a different way than you have heard before. Um, And then for the rest of you, surprise, here's who I am. Here's my life story. (laughs) Personally, I'm extremely proud of what I've done for myself in my life so far. I mean, I think I have a lot to be proud of. I'm really proud of how my mindset has grown. I'm proud of who I've become and I'm proud of where I'm going in my life right now and what I've been able to create so far, which um, I mean, I think being able to say that alone says a lot about my personal growth and personal development that I've had over the years because that isn't really an easy thing to say and I definitely haven't always felt that way. And the way that I've developed and the way that I've grown and where I've come from is a place that I think holds a lot of value in my story. So I'm hoping that through me sharing my story, you guys firstly get to understand me a little bit better and get to know me. And um, but then as well get to pull away aspects of my story and apply them into your own life and understand that, you know, really anyone can choose at any moment in their life to take a little bit more responsibility and control and create a life that they really, really, truly desire rather than just um, going day by day feeling like there's nothing that you can do about it. Because, I mean, I've started off as a visionary in my life. I, um, I'll share a little bit about my childhood in a moment, but I've generally always been a visionary. I've always had really big goals, but I can't tell you that that's happened without any challenge or any doubt along the journey. I mean, there's a time when that visionary mindset nearly got sucked out of me. <laughs> and, you know, like I started to think that maybe I was just a little bit cuckoo. <laughs> Which maybe I still am, but regardless, now I'm a cuckoo who's making shit happen, so (laughs) I'm happy with that. I mean, I'm not going to complain about that. But let me start you off. So a story that, or a question that I get a lot is like, where are you from? Because I have this very weird in-between accent. And it's actually a hard thing for me to describe because I've lived so many different places, mostly within Canada, Germany, America, New Zealand. But Every single time, somewhere different within those places. So it still felt like a whole new country, a whole new experience every single time we moved. So I was actually born on holiday 
in Canada. So my parents were German, they were traveling Canada, and I was born 10 days before they were due to fly back to Germany. So surprise, surprise, I was born. Um, and then when I was 10 days old, I went on my very first flight from British Columbia, Canada, woo, over the ocean, Atlantic Ocean, and all of Canada to Germany. And I lived in Germany until I was four. I did go on a couple of trips with my family while I was in Germany, either if it was like Austria or somewhere around Europe. I believe I also went to Mexico in that time with my mum, but um, I'm not quite sure of the dates. <laughs> but regardless, I lived in Germany in my very young childhood, so German is actually my first language. I know I don't have a German accent at all, and actually, as funny as like, I always think I can't speak English that well, but I can't speak German that well either. <laughs> But my husband says it's better to know two languages, kind of, than only one language really well. So, uh, anyway, my first language was German. So, when I was four is when we moved back to Canada. And the reason why we traveled and moved so much is actually just because my parents love travel. So, they were obsessed with travel, having grown up in Germany and seeing kind of like, I guess always living in a big city and feeling like there was no like expansiveness to the country. They fell in love with Canada when they first tra traveled there because it's so massive, you know, and for someone who's grown up in such a small place with such a dense population to go to Canada, which literally has like no people that live there compared to the landmass, and, you know, be able to travel for such a long time without even seeing um, any houses or cities or anything was just incredible to them. So they fell in love with Canada and wanted to immigrate there. So when I was four, we went back to Canada. Um, around that time, my second sister was born. And then I'm not 100% sure of the dates, but basically what happened between then and when I turned um, 15 is we lived in either Nova Scotia, Canada, for those of you that know Canada, either Ontario, Canada, all in different places in those places. And in America, I actually learned English in America. So I learned English in Georgia, America. So you can imagine what my accent sounded like when I first learned English. It was like super Southern American. <laughs> and my parents used to make fun of me and make me like say things because they thought it was so hilarious that I'd picked up this accent. And um, yeah, then after that, we moved um, yeah to Toronto, lived in that area for a while, Nova Scotia, then kind of did a little bit of a back and forth again, did a lot of travel. When I was um, two, I actually hitchhiked across Canada with my dad. So that was like another crazy story that I have. Like when I was four, I went on like another crazy trip with my mom. Like my parents were just like adventurous travelers and they did not let having a kid stop them from doing anything that they wanted to do. So even though like a lot of that stuff is beyond my memory, I remember like glimpses of it, but I don't really remember driving, a, you know, traveling across Canada with my dad or hitchhiking, <laughs> actually. And um, it was with me, the two-year-old and a dog and my dad. <laughs> Um, I only have like snippets of small little memories, but not really the full capacity of it. But I think that gives you like a pretty good indication that I was born with a little bit of an adventurous heart or I was thrown into an adventurous lifestyle anyway. So I got the taste of that at a very, very young age. And I believe to some aspects, um, even though I don't have a lot of conscious memory of it, it kind of set a tone for my life. Um, that whole time as well, like as a kid, my parents said I was always just like so easygoing. And whenever they suggest an adventure, I was like the first one to be like, yes. And I'd like run to my room and like pack my bags thinking we were going right then and there. <laughs> so I was the adventure kid. I think I was actually the reason they moved to Canada. They joke because they were really like um, unsure whether or not to move. So they asked me and I just like screamed yes. And then went to pack my bag and... <laughs> 
<laughs> was ready to move to Canada. Um, but yeah, so then when I was about um, 13, we were living in one city. And I had a really hard year that year. Like I was, um, I'd just gone to a new school. By the way, in my 13 years of school, I went to 13 different schools. So I had a lot of different schools and a lot of different friends that I was going through. And it was like a heartbreak every time I had to move because I just, you know, I, I am, I'm one of those people that just makes like connections with people really easily and um, deep connections, you know, and I feel like heartbroken when I had to move. But at the same time, I was always open to a new adventure. But then when I was at this age, and I don't know whether it was because I was also going through like the changes that you go through when you're 13 or whether um, it was just that particular school because it was a really small town, but I was getting bullied quite a lot. And that was probably my hardest year at school because after that I kind of revived myself again. But yeah, I really didn't enjoy it. Like I had people at my school place bets on, um, you know, uh, like as a joke to ask me to the school dance. And I had people making fun of what I wore and what I ate and you know, that I didn't shave my legs yet. And then I started shaving my legs. And then they made fun of me because I was shaving my legs trying to be like everyone else. And it was just like this whole thing, you know, and I was, I was never body aware before I went to that school either. Like I was still very, very young. I'm the oldest child. So I never really had an example to look up to. So I was very, very young at heart still. And so it was just like, you know, it was the most awkward, weird experience for me that year. But I was actually quite relieved then when we uh, my parents decided we'd move to New Zealand for the first time so we moved to New Zealand at this stage um, my youngest sister was born as well she was born when I was 12 so she's uh, or just turn, turning 12 so she's um, just under 12 years younger than me and there's the three of us so it's three sisters and Anyway, so at the age of 13, we decided to move to New Zealand for one year. Um, My mom got a nursing job. My dad, by the way, was a musician. So he generally worked from home or from studios or wherever in really sporadic hours uh, because it was mostly just when he he was inspired. So he was, yeah, a musician, a producer, um, lots of fun stuff uh, in that industry. So there's always music on at our house as well, which was really nice and lots of different variations of music. I remember my dad used to burn me CDs with just like heaps of different variety. Like every song would be a different genre or a different artist or whatever, so that I wouldn't just get conditioned to what music I liked by the radio. I would, you know, have a massive variety. And I don't know what my dad was thinking, but when I was 11, he burnt me a CD that had Eminem, Slim Shady on it. And out of all the tracks, he was like, what one's your favorite and I was like my favorite's Eminem (laughs) so I like every year since I was 11 I just crack up at that but um I would always ask for the new Eminem CD and that's where my Eminem obsession began (laughs) other obsessions I've had in my lifetime Harry Potter I think that's like I don't know it's just like obvious and I'm a Gryffindor in case you're wondering um but yeah (laughs) those are sort of my childhood things Eminem and Harry Potter (laughs) (laughs) and we moved to New Zealand for a year and that was cool it was like a really different experience for me by the way like this is when the internet wasn't that big so you can't make massive fun of me because I didn't have the luxury of being able to google things that my parents told me but my parents told me before they moved we moved to New Zealand that they did not have chocolate in New Zealand they told me that they did not have electricity in New Zealand and that we were going to be living in a hut for a year so I was like really terrified to come to New Zealand (laughs) but then when I got here I realized it was just like everywhere else except you know there's some differences and it was it was a very different experience and I got made fun of because of my accent it was like this whole new thing but I still made a lot of friends which was good but um then 
yeah, after that year, uh, we moved back to Canada and my parents didn't really want to because they decided New Zealand was going to be their next home location. But it was, we kind of had to go back as well because during the year that we lived here, my dad actually was diagnosed with cancer. So I think I was 14 at that time. And um, many of you who've heard me, you know, um, kind of hint to my story, I did lose my dad to cancer. Um, Oh man, I still get emotional about it. It's insane. Like he passed away 13 years ago now. This month, 13 years ago. So, and it's just crazy how it still impacts you. I think, you know, the the loss of um, a family member, for those of you that have been through it, you know, it's just nothing ever makes it better. <laughs> the only thing is you learn to live with it. And I've, I've um, you know, had incredible experiences through things like mediumship and everything to be able to connect with my dad. And it's just like, I have a whole new respect for the whole situation, but the pain that I still feel from, I think it's even more so just, I feel for myself at that age because I was so young and my, all of my siblings, but you know, we didn't know how to deal with loss and we're not taught in society how to deal with grief. And we're only really just coming into that day and age where losing parents prematurely is like a really big thing up until the last, you know, probably 10, 20 years, it was not that common for parents of children to be dying so young um, through de degenerative disease. So, I mean, this is kind of the foundation of where my passion comes from. So, yeah, I definitely feel for myself back then because I was just so lost and so hurt and I had no idea how to even deal with that, you know. Um, now, through personal development, I, I understand it in a whole new light and it doesn't affect me in the same way, but obviously there's still a lot of pain associated with that. So, Anyway, that year he was diagnosed with cancer. He had melanoma, a tumor, like a little mole on his head under his hair that he had. Um, he went through a few surgeries and they thought it was gone. And we moved back to Canada. Um, and then that time he got a really sore back. And of course, like, I don't, I don't really know how the whole process goes. And it's a bit fuzzy in my memory. But he was going through different, um, you know, uh, chiropractors and whatever to try and figure out if it was a pinched nerve or pulled muscle or whatever it could possibly be. And it ended up ended up being that he actually had a tumor in his pelvic bone that had eaten his whole pelvis by the time that they caught it. And um, so he couldn't really walk at that stage anymore. My dad was a super, like, um, not like athletic in the sporty sense of people we see today, like the bodybuilders, but in terms of like always out for walks or hikes or adventuring, like he was that kind of person. So it was really devastating for him to go through um, being able to, to not be able to walk. Um, and basically what happened after that is two and a half years of watching my dad's health and personality and everything about who he was disappear. And that was horrible. Again, like, I feel the saddest thing about my story with my dad is that I'm not the only one by far. Like, way too many people experience this. It is not okay. And side note, like, it is literally my passion to see the world free of degenerative disease, and I believe it can happen. So watch out, world. <laughs> Good things are happening. And no wonder I'm so optimistic about the future of our world, right? Like, I really, truly believe we're heading in that direction, and it is possible. Um, but yeah, so that's just a little insight into some of my goals. <laughs> Uh, but so anyway, this was an incredibly hard experience. During this time, I was just going through all of my normal teenage stuff, um, I wasn't really sure how deep I would be going in this podcast about all of my um, stuff, but you know, I um, I 
it feels weird for me to say as well because it doesn't even feel like me. Like it feels like it was someone else. Like I'm sharing a story about someone else because I do not even resonate or understand or like feel anything like this person at all anymore. But um, who I was at that time was someone who was not coping with um, my emotions. But because I'm naturally an optimist, I had a very hard time speaking about it. So in front of my friends and in front of my peers and at school, I always put on a very optimistic, happy, silly, like I was the joker, the funny one, like always making a fool of myself um, in a funny way. Like I, I thought it was hilarious. I still think I'm hilarious. But um I underneath it I was really battling and that came out in a lot of negative tendencies I was battling with depression but you know like um for those of you that have been through it sometimes the people that are struggling the worst put on the bravest face and I was um harming myself um you know like I never at that stage never had necessarily like I didn't want to commit suicide or anything but I wanted to hurt myself um for whatever reason I you know it's hard to even understand but I was so affected by the pain of um watching my dad lose his life that um I don't know why but I hated myself for it sorry guys this is like so emotional for me I don't like I don't often talk about this stuff um and I didn't think I would get this emotional on the podcast but Apparently, this is what's coming out. I just, you know, my intention was really just to share my story vulnerably and authentically with you. And I guess that's what's happening. (laughs) Um, But like I said, it's, I think it's such an important thing to share because doesn't matter where you are, what you're going through, like there's still unlimited possibility for you. So yeah, I was just, I was in a very dark place. But like I said, it wasn't coming out in my external world. So a lot of my peers did not even know. Um, and I think some of them like had inklings because some of them would talk to me and be like, are you okay? And I was just like, what are you talking about? And I would always brush it off because on a conscious level, I really thought I was, and it wasn't until I was alone that I would start to feel the really dark feelings. So I spent a lot of my time with my friends, which were my saviors. Like those are some of the best friends you could ask for that I had at that time. So that was really incredible. And then my dad did pass away when I was 16 and two, or yeah, I I was 16, I think in 2005, he passed away. And um, just before he passed away, though, because this whole time that he was sick, we were actually applying for our um, residency into New Zealand, because it was the family's goal to move back to New Zealand. And of course, by this stage, I didn't really want to, because I built such deep connections with my friends there and everything. But my dad's, for whatever reason, my dad's wish was for us to move back to New Zealand. And we actually just found out that we got residency um, a couple weeks before he passed away. So he was really keen for us to still come here. And my mum really took that on board. Like it was her life mission to make sure we got here. And we had one year from when we got accepted to when we had to be in the country or else it would be forfeited. Um, and I mean, my mom is just like, I can't even describe how strong she is to have gone through that whole loss of, um, her husband and then dealing with three crazy kids. Like my youngest sister was dealing with it in a, you know, in a way that she never really got a lot of attention because my dad was sick through her whole childhood. He was four when she was four when he passed away. And so she would act out like she got kicked out of, I think, two or three kindergartens because of her behavior. Um, So she was acting out in that sense and just generally a little bit difficult to deal with. Um, 
I was just um, acting out in the sense that I was, you know, within the couple of years after my dad passed away, I was also at that stage where I was ready for my own independence and to move out. But, um, you know, it just came out that I wasn't really super helpful, even though I was very, very helpful for my family up until that point. But I just was dealing with my own shit. So <laughs> I, don't, I guess a little bit difficult to deal with as well at times. And I fought with my mum a lot at the start, but not so much um, after we got to New Zealand. Um, and then, then my middle sister, after we moved to New Zealand as well, she also got sick. So, I mean, then my mum from all the stress, she started getting sick. So it was just like this whole freaking spiral effect. And I was just pushing every single emotion down deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And it was coming out in so many issues for me. Um, I was super self-destructive, you know, like I was just, cause I just was at that age, I was getting into partying and just like doing anything that I could to try and give myself external validation that I was okay and that I was good and that I was fun and that I was worth hanging around. And really um, inside, I was so empty and so hurt though. So the next few years looked like partying. But the good thing that came out of that is I met a few people that led to a series of events that got me interested in nutrition. And one of those things is my mom um, started taking a really high quality supplement, which at first I was like, why are you taking supplements? Because we grew up not really believing in supplements since we were so healthy, quote unquote. <laughs> like we always had the garden and ate organic and that kind of thing. But um, we definitely weren't that healthy looking back now. But um, my mom started to say, you know what? through everything that we went through with dad, she's learned a whole lot of new things and she believes that taking a supplement is really important. So I was just like, huh, the way that she said it kind of opened up my curiosity. It got me interested in why would a supplement be important? It, that led me to understanding about optimal nutrition, which got me understanding how the world is that we live in today and how it's different from 20 to 40 to 50 to 100 years ago. And basically a whole lot of other things that made me obsessed with the topic of nutrition. So I had some friends at the time that suggested, because I was not really doing anything, I was just working in retail or I was working in um, hospitality. You know, I wasn't really doing much exciting. So they suggested I go to uni to study. So I was like, yeah, that sounds like an excellent idea. And that's what I decided to do. And that's actually what led me to my degree, which I'm so grateful for. And through my degree, it gave me focus and it gave me something to work towards and to live for, basically. So I, um, on a external scale, I started to get better. I started to just pull myself together a little bit, but I was not, I still hadn't dealt with any of the internal pain that I had. So because of all of that, it led me deeper and deeper and deeper into the hole of depression. And it wasn't until five years after my dad had passed away, I think it was the start of 2010, that it had gotten so bad that um, the what clouded my thoughts every single day was the thoughts of how I could commit suicide, of how I could just end it all, and how I could, I guess, let go of the pain that I'd been feeling. And at that point, I was so low that I couldn't see another option, but there was something you know, like, I don't really truly believe that I ever wanted to do it. But I was so dark and negative in my mind. And my only thoughts in my mind were negative ones. Like how today you often hear me teach about how we have like, you know, our ego thoughts and our um, guided thoughts. 
all I could hear at that time were those ego thoughts. All I could hear was that I wasn't good enough. All I could hear is that I'm causing more pain than, than anything. All I could see is how dumb I was and how unworthy I was and how bad I was and how my dad would be so disappointed in me. And of course that wasn't true, but I was, in, I, I was just so involved in that thought pattern that I couldn't think anything else. So I had this small, tiny, tiny voice. And I even remember the moment that I heard it for the first time clearly. Like, I'm sure it was there, but I just never heard it before. And I was in the supermarket, and I was I was so ready to not live anymore. Like, I was just so over it. And I was just standing at one of those, like, not the door freezers, but the ones that kind of are along with, like, stuff laying down in them, those long freezers. And I was just staring into it. And I don't even know how long I was there for all I could feel was my body getting really cold from the freezer. And I remember just staring into it and just not even being able to like comprehend who I was anymore. Like it was such a weird sensation. And I was just like, I just don't even see the point. And before, before that thought could even leave, like process through my mind properly, I heard this voice and it was like, I don't even remember exactly what it said, but it was, it was maybe even more like a feeling than anything else. But it was just like, no freaking way you deserve to be living. And it was like, whoa. It was just like, for the first time that I heard that voice, just as loud as I'd heard the negative thoughts in my mind. And man, that was a, that was the moment that it turned around. You know, that day I went home and I searched up university counselors and I booked in to see a counselor. And I think that was probably one of the bravest things that I'd ever done because <laughs> it was just, it was the scariest thing in the world to me to have to tell someone about my issues or what I was, or be honest about what I was thinking in my mind, which I don't think I'd ever been honest to anybody about what goes on in my mind. So it's definitely a really big deal for me. But man, that was the best decision I ever made because it allowed me to understand my mind. And it was the first time that I think I ever had an insight into really how the mind works, even though I'd done psychology in my first year of university, like I still didn't really have an understanding. But being able to deal with my own stuff, and it didn't take long. And I think because at that point, I was so thirsty for it. Like I was I had insomnia, I wasn't sleeping at all, I would stay up, I would maybe get between 30 minutes to an hour of sleep a night because I just couldn't sleep, which means I couldn't study. I couldn't eat. Um, when I did eat, I would eat junk food or, you know, I, I try to make a meal, but I had no desire to eat. Like I just didn't want to do anything that was a human has to do. I just wanted to lay in my bed and feel sorry for myself and complain that I couldn't sleep. Um, but at the same time, I was still driven to finish my degree. So it was really weird because there was this massive polarity. Like I was still, still so driven in my external world. And most people in my life wouldn't have guessed other than the people that I lived with, because it had gotten to the stage that it was so bad that I would literally have like tantrums. And then I would go in my room and be like, what the fuck? Like, what was that? Like, why would I do that? And I couldn't even rationalize myself why I would act the way that I would. But around the people that I lived with, my flatmates, they're the only ones who really saw me explode. But <laughs> the fact that I was having those explosive moments and just like, not right in my mind. I think it was actually them who told me to go get help. Um, but it wasn't until I was like 
in the supermarket that that really like resonated and I was like you know what I'm just gonna do it and then at that stage I was like I don't want to feel like this anymore and that voice inside me that keep kept being like you can feel better it will be fine blah, 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 was getting louder and louder and louder and I desire change so much at this stage that it only took probably a couple of months before I was feeling the best I'd ever felt mentally and it wasn't until later that I started my business and everything that I actually that that um grew even more like this was kind of just the starting this was helping me deal with everything that I'd been through and um you know at the through the counseling they um diagnosed me with like a multitude of mental disorders and um they did offer me medication and it was really funny because I wanted to say yes to it because actually when I first went to counseling my thought was if I go to counseling they'll give me drugs and it'll be easier to deal with everything and that was actually my first intention my first thought but it was like the weirdest thing ever because when I actually went when I was asked the question okay so um, you know, possibly these could help you. Would you like to take them? My head was going, yes, like my, what I wanted to say, but before I could even control it, no came out of my mouth. And I'm like going, what the heck? Say yes. Like you want these. And then, because I obviously just wanted the easy way out at the time, but there was just something in me that was so strong. Like, I don't know if it was like one of those like fighter instincts that kicks in when you're like super low or what, but, um, just my body resisted it so much. And I said, no. So I had to deal with it all myself, (laughs) which ended up being the best thing ever, but it was still like, um, just, yeah, it was a hard decision. And from there, um, I let me just fast forward a bit but towards the end of that year like I set some really strong intentions that year and it was that I wanted a life that was filled with love and not just love with another person but love as in loving energy loving compassion love to everyone that I come in contact with and love being mirrored back at me and again I don't even know where this intention came from because I didn't even really know a lot of stuff about (laughs) energies or love or anything back then but I just um it was, it like came out of me. It was almost like now that I understand, you know, how guidance works, I know for sure that was guided. And I just had just enough courage to follow that guidance. And so that's what really my focus was that year is just loving myself and not worrying about anything else and just making sure that I'm on track and that I'm going to be successful and happy in whatever I do. And that end of that year is when I met my amazing soulmate, Twin Flame, Nick. So that was amazing. And that just took my life to the whole next level. And it was to the point where I was becoming so happy and so fulfilled and really starting to see purpose in my life again, that a lot of the friends that I had resented me for it. Um, I had a friend who I pretty much had a complete falling out with, which I didn't even know why or what happened. And it wasn't until a few months later that she admitted to me, she was just jealous of seeing me happy. And she preferred when I was unhappy, like she was. And man, that was a good example of why friends are so important and how when you start to change, you'll probably start to attract new friends. Because when I was feeling sorry for myself, I attracted friends that felt sorry for themselves. Whereas as I started to grow and develop, those friends just couldn't even be around my energy anymore. And so my friends definitely shifted. Um, And then I finished uni, I graduated, I made it through, I didn't even think I would because it was so hard, but I did, I made it through, and I loved my degree, like, I loved what I learned, it was really great, Um, and then after that is when I tried to get a job, but I couldn't find a job, and I decided to step into entrepreneurship, so my first introduction to entrepreneurship was going back to, you know, the 
around five years prior to that, when my mom had started taking that supplement, it was actually through what's called a network marketing company, which I'm sure many of you have heard of that industry before. Um, but yeah, it was like pretty much I saw the people like I went to a couple of meetings with my mom because she was invited to them. So I went along with her and I met these people and they all like energetically I've always had really good intuition and I just really liked them and I saw how successful they were. And it was actually the first time that I had an indication of someone that I knew and had met firsthand that was experiencing financial and time freedom and they did it without having to be a movie star or rock star, which I always still thought was going to be like my way to freedom. <laughs> like I still thought eventually I'll pursue acting or become a pop star. <laughs> and that will be my like way into financial freedom. Cause I always craved that freedom, right? Like I never desired having a job and working for someone else. Like I knew I wanted to do big things in this world and I needed freedom. Um, so that was the first time I was actually introduced to that. So it opened my mind up. So when I left uni and I couldn't find a job, I said to Nick, um, my you know, boyfriend at the time, my husband now, I said, look, I think we should do this um, business. And he was just like really trusting and like we're both kind of open-minded skepticals. But I think because I'd seen how amazing the products were and I'd met so many amazing people that were um, working with the company, I actually already built a level of trust in it for myself. And also while I was at uni, like just to make sure my mom's health was in good standing with using those products, whenever I learned something, I'd, you know, make sure that the products fell in line with <laughs> what I was being taught. And I was always, you know, pleasantly surprised. But um then he was open-minded skeptic as well, but obviously for him it was brand new, so he was still doing a lot of his own research, but he was like, yeah, let's do it. So I rung up this lady that I'd met all those years prior, and I said, would you mentor me? And she said, of course I'll mentor you. So I started my very, very first online business in network marketing, and that's really where my journey of true entrepreneurship began. And to be honest, to this day, I still believe it is one of the best opportunities that I've ever stepped into and I will continue to do like I absolutely love it um, because it taught me what it meant to be um, self-employed firstly in a way that was so supportive and not scary. Like it wasn't like I had to go out there by myself and figure it all out. I had the ability to meet mentors who could teach me. I learned about personal growth at a whole new level and I built a habit of listening to personal development every single day, which allowed my mind to develop to a space where I could handle success, you know? And I mean, I honestly need to tell you guys my business story another time because I've spent some time talking about my personal story at the start of this podcast, which I hope you've enjoyed. I hope you found value in it. Um, but what happened is when I first started, oh, but I mean, to sum it up, what's happened from that um, entrepreneurship level is I grew so much. And I truly believe that it was through this partnership that I learned all of the skills and the mindset that I needed to become successful in all of the other business endeavors that I have now. And the real true entrepreneurship and the true entrepreneur that I now am. Right. So that first year, though, was probably the biggest um, growth um, that I've had in business, because remember how um, I was sharing earlier that after my dad passed away and I was so unhappy, I searched for external validation for worthiness and that I was good and whatever. I had never really properly dealt with this at the time that I'd started the business. So that same theme came out of my business. I only felt good enough if I was achieving amazing success. And because of that, we actually like, 
had incredible business growth growth in the first 30 months we achieved something that you know usually takes people around four years to achieve and we just like had explosive growth and had so many amazing things happening and I only felt good when I was hitting those um you know those benchmarks of success and what happened after in the few years after that were actually the biggest and most important years of my business and I personally think my most successful years in business even though my actual business was not growing because what happened is obviously the universe loves to teach us lessons in really incredible ways but we stopped growing our our business just stopped growing it started going backwards even in some places like it was just ridiculous what was happening and I couldn't figure it out and I was trying all the same things that I'd been doing and they weren't working and it was just a really tough time but because I have such an optimistic attitude and for me it's like I don't care if it doesn't work out in the short term I'm a long person like I'm a big picture thinker and I always think like it's going to be worth it for me whether it takes me 5 10 15 or 20 or 40 years as long as I'm working for myself and I have that fulfilling feeling it's worth it so I was never too concerned about that but I was also a little bit perplexed but what this whole situation taught me to do is I really had to go inward because I realized all of these things that were happening externally had nothing to do with the external aspects of life They had to do with how I felt about myself internally. And now in hindsight, I can say this. Obviously, at the time, I didn't see this at all. But in hindsight, I can look back and I can totally see how I craved external validation. And if I wasn't hitting a business goal or a life goal or anything, I didn't feel worthy. And what the next few years allowed me to do is they allowed me to learn that I was worthy all the time. I wasn't worthy when I was having success. I wasn't worthy when I was, um, you know, I don't know, on stage or speaking at an event or wearing really cool clothes. I learned that I was worthy full stop. And I'm awesome full stop and I can be happy full stop and I'm successful because I choose to grow and develop myself, not because of the amount of income I'm earning or anything else in my life. And it was like once I started to to understand that and I started to build a spiritual connection and deepen that, which is the first time that I really like, I guess, allowed myself to explore what what life really means to me in a bigger sense. Um, I just started to see my success suddenly shifting. And by this point, though, and this is like, I really want to talk about this in another podcast, because I think it's amazing, because we went through a lot of really bad financial times during that time, because I had no financial personal development before I started my business. So we, you know, anyway, made a lot of bad financial decisions that left us not really in the best place. And I felt it all the time, like I felt like, oh, shit, like I feel really terrible with how my finances are going, la da 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 da. But then as I started to do my personal development, I actually started to change my mindset. And I realized that abundance mind set comes before actually having financial abundance. So um, I started to develop that within myself. And I felt so abundant all the time. Like I just couldn't see anything but abundance in my life. And it was so funny because as soon as I started to feel that way, that's when our finances started growing again. That's when I started seeing more material successes again. And I realized now all of this I really needed to go through to be able to understand that it has nothing to do with our external circumstance of whether or not we see success. It is all about how worthy we feel and what we choose to allow ourselves to experience in this life. 
lifetime. So that was probably one of the most valuable lessons ever to have learned, and I'm so grateful for it. Um, and then, I mean, that leads me more into the times that you now know, right? So, I mean, I um, established myself more online. I continued to grow my business. And now um, I always, like I like to say that I'm still at the beginning of what I plan to create and what I desire to create and the vision that I have for myself. But I'm also so proud of how I've gotten here. I mean, my husband and I live a lifestyle that... Um, you know, many dream of. We have time freedom, right? I always say we're still working on financial freedom side of things, but we have um, enough money and uh, and all the time really that we can desire to be able to travel the world, be location independent, and just experience life um, at a level that I only ever dreamed of when I was, you know, young and still um, at school and working a job. So, that sums up the podcast for today. I hope that's been um, interesting and enlightening for you. Um, and yeah, it's been really an honor for me to be able to share my story with you. Thank you for putting up with it through all the ups and downs of that story. But I'm going to finish off there. And until next week, lots of love. See you soon.